0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well again, a happy Mother's Day to those of you who are mothers, and I am not speaking on Mother's Day. Uh, Well, I'm speaking on Mother's Day, but I'm not speaking on the topic of Mother's Day. Uh, Yeah, I've had some people come up and say, you're going to speak on Proverbs 31? There's no way I'm going to live up to that. Yeah, yeah you just uh, go on. No. So, uh, so we're, what I want to do is uh, we're going to celebrate and we're going to pray a blessing on mothers at the end of the, sur- uh, at the, end of the service today. On June 11th, coming up, four Sundays for now, God willing and weather permitting, we are going to have a church service outside in our parking lot. We're going to have uh, our annual church picnic, and included in that service will be a baptismal service. If you are a follower of Christ and you've never been baptized, I want you to consider being baptized on that day. This morning, I want to talk about baptism. For those of you who haven't been baptized, I'm, I'm hoping that you'll understand what it means. For those of you who have been baptized, I want to affirm what you did. And for those of you who are going to witness a baptism, I want you to understand what you're seeing. And so to do this, I'm, I'm going to go through a number of scriptures today. Uh, let's start with the baptism of Jesus. John the Baptist was a forerunner of Jesus. Uh, he preached in the wilderness alongside the Jordan River, and he called... Uh, Israel back to God. This is what it says in in Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Well, John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea, and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. It was prophesied that there would be a a person who would prepare the way for the Messiah, and John the Baptist was that man he preached in the wilderness a message of repentance. He says, the kingdom of God is near, so turn from your sins, turn towards God, and as a sign that you are doing that, be baptized. And so, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. It was a baptism of repentance. The people who were being baptized were were signifying that they were turning to God. Now Jesus shows up at the scene. So we continue Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. This is what it says. Then Jesus came to Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I I need to be baptized by you, and, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove alighting on him and a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The reality was that Jesus had never sinned, so he had nothing to repent of. And so John said, Well, you don't need to be baptized by me. In fact, I should be baptized by you. But Jesus uses this phrase it's, It's proper for us to do this so to fulfill all righteousness. He's saying, I need to complete everything that forms part of a relationship of obedience to God. To fulfill all righteousness. I need to to perform everything that is part of an obedience to God. Then he was baptized. In being baptized... Jesus set an example for us to follow. Baptism is part of what forms a relationship of obedience to God. Jesus set an example, you're to follow. So if you're a follower of Jesus, then it follows that you would follow him into the waters of baptism. You're only a follower of Jesus if you actually follow. Let me take you to the end of Matthew. Jesus has been crucified, he was buried, he was resurrected, and he, just before he ascends into heaven, this is one of his last instructions to the disciples. You might know it as the Great Commission, and this is what it says. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, And teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." The disciples were given the task of making disciples and the disciples were to do two things with those disciples. The second thing was to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, but the first was to baptize those disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're a disciple of Jesus, then one of the first things that happens in a disciple's life is that they're baptized. If you consider yourself to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to be baptized. Not only are you following Christ's example, you're following Christ's command. One more Bible uh, story. It was the day of Pentecost. There 120 people praying in the opera room. The Holy Spirit descends in power, rushing mighty wind, tongues of fire. Uh, people are speaking in tongues. Peter gets up and he preaches. And when he preaches, people are cut to the core. And, and, and he, the, Peter says, you know, this, this Messiah who you crucified, uh, he is now alive. And they're saying, well, what must we be do to be saved? And this is what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter says, Repent. In other words, change your mind about who Jesus is. You crucified him, but he's proven himself to be the Messiah, the one who is able to forgive you of your sins. Repent, and as a sign of that repentance, and as a sign that you're following Jesus, be baptized, every one of you. There needs to be a sign of turning to Jesus. The sign? Baptism. 3,000 people chose to follow Jesus on that day. So from the birth of the church, the, the sign that you have turned from your sins and turned to Jesus... Was baptism in Jesus' name. If you've turned to Jesus, if you've been forgiven of your sin, the sign that that's happened is baptism. Paul, a part of declaring allegiance to Christ is baptism. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, then you need to be baptized. So that's the the why of baptism. We are following the example of Christ, we're following the command of Christ we're declaring our allegiance to Christ. Now let me tell you what's actually happening in baptism. Come with me to the passage that was read to Romans chapter 6. And uh, the apostle Paul has been talking about the, how amazing grace is, even more when we we're sinners, Christ died for us and and uh, there's just this grace God's undeserved favor is upon you. And he says, you know, where there are graces uh, where sin is huge, grace is bigger yet. And so he follows on his own logic. Well, if that's true, if there's more grace where there's more sin, shouldn't we sin more so we can see more grace? And he says, no. Um, Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Oh, don't you know that all of you who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I'm going to come back to that passage, but let me read the other verse that we read before, too. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is not something you aspire to. This is a a statement of reality in your life. When you gave your life to Jesus, when you said, Jesus, I believe you died for me, I'm putting my faith in you, and I give my sins to you, I'm trusting you to give me your righteousness, when God put his Holy Spirit in you and adopted you into his family, when he gave you a new life, then what's also true is that you have been crucified with Christ. The Bible says that you are a new creation. The old things have passed, The new has come. God nailed the guilt of your sin, the sin that you had, your old self, to the cross. And he gave you a new life, a resurrected life, a brand new life inside. The old has passed, the new has come. That's true of everyone who has put their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and become a child of God. Without understanding, come back with me to Romans chapter 6 and notice what he says about baptism. He says, You know, what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning, the grace maker? By no means. Verse 3 Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? You were baptized into his death. What, What does that mean? And therefore you were buried with him through baptism. In order that the death, in order that, <laughs> into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. What's going on is, is this. So in baptism, when you go underneath the water, when you go under the water, you're identifying with Christ and his burial. Say, I was buried with Christ. I'm crucified With Christ yet I'm crucified I'm under the water I've been buried with Christ your old self was crucified and when you come out of the water you're saying and I was resurrected with Christ the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I have been raised to new life there is new life in me I am a new creation The resurrection life is in you. In other words, what's happening in baptism is you are reenacting on the outside what is true, what has already taken place on the inside. You are reenacting in your body what has been enacted in your spirit. You understand this? Let me see a nod if you understand this. Are you following with me? Okay. All right, so being baptized doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means that you have Jesus inside you, and you intend to follow him. Baptism does not mean that you have it all together, but it does mean that you are trying to live for Jesus and trying to obey him. Baptism does not mean that you have everything figured out in the Christian life. In fact, it's meant for those who have started down the path of the Christian life and they know they want to follow Jesus for the rest of their life. They may not have it all together. They may not know much, but they know this: I need to follow Jesus. And part of following Jesus is baptism. Now, I've been a pastor for, I guess, about thirty-eight years now, and let me a- answer the most commonly asked questions uh, about baptism. Does baptism save you? No. You're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not a result of worse, works that lest anyone should boast. Salvation is a gift of God. It can't come by anything that you can do to earn it. But one of the signs that you have been truly saved, one of the signs that you have been truly born again, is that you actually follow Jesus and do what he's asked you to do. So if you are a follower of Jesus... And he's asked you to be baptized, then it follows that follows true followers will follow him into the waters of, of baptism. Again, baptism is an outward sign of what's already happened on the inside. But there needs to be outward signs of something that has happened on the inside, right? Next question: Well, what do you do about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized and he made it into heaven? True. You didn't have a chance to be disobedient. But if you have a chance to be baptized and you're not, then you are being disobedient. Um, next questions. I'm going to answer as a free Methodist. Baptists would disagree with me on this. Anglicans would disagree with me on this. But you're in a free Methodist church, so I'm going to give you the free Methodist answer, and uh, you can go from there. I was baptized as a baby. Do I need to be baptized as an an adult? Answer is no. But you need to own your baptism as an adult. You need to, as an adult, publicly declare that this baptism applies to you. The actual way most people do it is through confirmation. And so you stand up at the front of the church and you take your baptismal vows as an adult and you're confirmed. If you've been baptized as a baby and you have never been confirmed, then that needs to happen. You need to stand up in front of the church and formally accept your baptism. Some people choose to be confirmed by adult baptism. And that is a completely good thing to do. People come to me and say, well, I was baptized as a baby and I was confirmed, but the reality is that sometime later than that, I became a Christian. Should I be baptized? My answer is probably, yeah. If you confirm something that wasn't true, you need to make it true. I need to, I would encourage you to do that through baptism. Next question. I'm afraid of going underneath the water. Or I've got a physical disability that doesn't allow me to get into the water. How can I be baptized? Well, the Free Methodist Church we accept pouring or sprinkling as well as baptism by immersion. We prefer baptism by immersion if you can at all. But if, uh, if for some reason you can't go underneath the water, then I will pour your baptism. And what that would mean is you would not go underneath the water, but you would have a jug of water poured over top of you. I've done that for people in wheelchairs and, and things like that, and, and that's, uh, uh, that's, that's good. Um, next question. I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years and haven't been baptized. What are people going to think if I'm baptized now? think what they think. Yeah, you can't control what people think, right? But you, what you are demonstrating is that you are, can follow Jesus despite what people think. And you are demonstrating humility and obedience and God blesses that. Last question. What should I expect when I'm baptized? If you are baptized on June 11th, there will be a small pool in our uh, on the lawn just off the side of our parking lot, and you're going to sit in that, front, uh, that pool, and what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you, have you received Jesus into your life, and do you plan to follow him for the rest of your life? Proper answer is yes, yes, okay? Like, if you say no, then we probably haven't done the, the, the uh, 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 counseling right. Uh, so, so I'm going to say, you say yes, I'm going to say... In the name, I I, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on confession of your faith. And you're going to essentially do a sit up into the pool. I'm going to take you down. I promise not to hold you there. And I do promise to bring you back up. Okay? And people I baptize, some people have had this amazing spiritual experience. uh, Where they just feel like the heavens have opened and they've been blessed. Other people, they feel like they got wet, Um, and they have. And either is fine. It's not about the spiritual experience. This is about your obedience to Jesus, and that is all good. Uh, The other thing that you're doing when you're being baptized is you're driving a stake into the ground metaphorically and saying, I've chosen to follow Jesus. And when life gets tough and when things get hard, you look back at your baptism, I chose to follow Jesus. When things get all weird and you're starting to doubt, I chose to follow Jesus. When your faith takes a hit or when life takes a curve, throws a curveball at you, I chose to follow Jesus. This is one of those things where, where it's, um, you drive a stake in the ground and say, yeah, these are one of the th- this is what I do. I want to end by telling you a story and then I'll walk you through some logistics. Uh, it was... In the year 2000, there were 15 couples associated with the church that I was pastoring at the time that got married. A lot of weddings that year. One of the most unique couples was was Neil and Stephanie. They were originally uh, scheduled to get married in the fall at Sunnyside where I pastored. However, Neil's mom was was diagnosed with an aggressive kind of cancer and it was obvious that she wasn't going to be able to make it to the fall or to the wedding and they needed to move the wedding up into early summertime if she was going to be able to attend. Problem was that there were a number of people who were coming from England and they'd already booked their tickets and a number of other people coming from far away they'd already booked their tickets and and they couldn't uh rebooked their tickets and they couldn't get uh readjusted at the last moment so the solution was a second wedding in the fall so that summer i drove down to this beautiful anglican church in southern ontario neil and stephanie stood before the altar and uh, they made their vows to one another it was simple it was beautiful neil's mom and dad were able to attend They signed the marriage license. I signed the marriage license. It was official. They were married in the presence of God and in the presence of the few witnesses that were there. And it was wonderful. Now came the fall weddings. Well, the invitations were sent out. Stephanie wore her beautiful wedding dress. She walked down the aisle just as she had done at her first wedding. Neil and Stephanie reaffirmed their vows to one another. Same vows they said the first time. It was another beautiful wedding, although they didn't call it that. It was a marriage celebration. You know, Stephanie's marriage celebration. Well, it's a beautiful illustration of what baptism is. They weren't any more married after the second ceremony than they were before it. If they'd never had the second ceremony, they would have still been married. But the ceremony was a beautiful testimony for those who had traveled from far away and from those who were nearby of their love and their commitment to one another it was an outward symbol of what had already happened in that beautiful anglican church not only that it was appropriately named it was a marriage celebration baptism is a celebration It's a celebration of your love for Jesus. It's an act of obedience to Jesus. It's a way of showing others that you're following Jesus. It's an outward symbol of what's already happened on the inside. You're following Jesus' example. You're following his command. If you are a follower of Jesus, be baptized. Now, let me give you some logistics. As I said, God willing, we're planning to have a baptismal service June 11th. Uh, and uh, that's a month away from today, like four weeks. It's uh, not that long, but here's the issue. In a week and a half, Linda and I are going on two-weeks holidays. So other than that four weeks, there's two weeks in, uh, there that I'm around. So in the next week and a half, if you want to be baptized, I want you to give me a call. Let's talk. I want to make sure that we're on the same page, so you, you know, that you know what you're doing, and, uh, and uh, that... Uh, Uh, we'll work through the logistics of that. So talk to me. Send me an email. Give me a phone call. If you haven't been baptized, I would urge you to follow Jesus, to follow his command. Be baptized. Let's pray. Lord, for those who haven't been baptized, I ask that you give them the courage to be baptized. For those who Lord, for those who have, I pray that um, they can look back on their baptism as a, as a marker. So, yeah, I chose to follow Jesus. And Lord, I pray that uh, all our steps would be steps of obedience, where we see what's in Your Word and we follow it. So, Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you would like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.